This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, awarded CanStar's most trusted energy providers nationally 2021 and 22. That's Red Energy. And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. Visit princewinestore.com.au. Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Shoot the Messenger. This is episode 249. This is our final episode for 2022 and I am here of course as I have been every week on this journey with my dear friend Caroline Wilson. Hello Caro. Hello Corrie. I have an apology but let's introduce our guests and get the lay of the land before that. Well before we introduce our special guest let's just say hello to our live audience who are on the other side of the glass. We can see them. They're enjoying their Joe's chicken sandwiches uh, aka Caro's recipe. Not sure who owns that one. We don't know. Mm, I think he's made a few changes to my recipe (laughs) just saying. But they're delicious and of course we have David and the gang from Red Energy who are the sponsors of our program and along with Prince Wine Store and, of course, Miles Thompson from Prince Wine Store will be in with us in a moment. Cara, would you like to introduce our annual our annual guest at this time of year with her turkey brine recipe in her hand? Without her, there would be no Christmas podcast. It's Anna from the Op Shop. Anna Woo! Barry, welcome. Thank you. Hi, girls. Merry Christmas, everyone. Back by, back by popular demand. And as Corrie said, um, thank you to Prince Wine Store. And it's great to have David Holman with us here, General Manager of Business Development at Red Energy. We're even going to put him on the spot and get him to join in our best of segment in a moment. Corrie, we recorded episode 248 last week, as you know, and we talked about our biggest political stories of the year. I think we probably should have mentioned... Scott Morrison's decision to give himself five different portfolios. The most interesting thing about that story was not only did we see a former Prime Minister censured, which doesn't happen very often, but the two journalists, and we're journos in this room, who broke the story, knew about it and didn't reveal it until after the election. That really stuck in your craw at the time, didn't it? Well, it's just, it was horrendous It covers behaviour. biggest stories, grumpies, news stories and everything all in one. I mean, imagine if you were the bosses of The Australian, the editors of The Australian, and you found out two of your most senior political writers had this story and didn't write it. What would be worse, though, if you were the editor of The Australian and you had actually um, gone into a deal with the publishers of the book to receive exclusive rights on its publication and you knew that you were sitting on a really good news story just for commercial purposes. Not saying that happened, but just imagine if that was the case. Hey, Caro, we've got so much to talk about. Last week we reflected upon 2022 and this uh, episode, our last one for the year, we're going to look forward. So we're going to look forward to what are we excited about in 2023. A bout of decent weather would be really fun (laughs) just to get summer going. But um, lots of things to discuss, books we want to read, screen, uh, of course, you know, what Netflix series is going to grab us in the new year, what films are we looking forward to seeing and uh, what recipes do we want to cook or where do we want to go for a nice meal that we've always wanted to go to. Uh, Anna, before we begin, we must have an update with op shop activity. Tell us, is it a frenzy in there? It is an absolute frenzy. In fact, it's so busy that our Christmas party has been postponed till February. No. True. It's just absolutely <laughs> oh, no. flat chat. The Christmas table's gone completely ballistic. I just can't so believe... So what's the Christmas table? Is that where you have specials or something? Well, we just have all Christmas decorations and things to buy, but I cannot believe the number of people that must turn their Christmas decks over every year. 
Like someone came in and said, Winter Wonderland last year, it's over. I'm doing <laughs> Moroccan or something. I mean, I had my decorations. I've had the same decks for about 30 years. Yeah, you might add, you might oh, add one here one or, or there. two. Yeah. But I mean, not cast out the entire lot. No, that's. And haven't, you know. Yeah, I wish I'd known. I would have been down there quick smart. No, it's been very busy. Pink is the colour of the season, as we knew in homewares, fashion, whatever. Really? Pink. Very busy. A lot of chinoiserie, that's huge. Blue and white china, all that sort of stuff is huge. You don't have a Barbie caravan down there, do you? Probably if I had a look, I mm. could dig out a Barbie caravan. There's someone in our family who's rather keen and I just really? don't, I don't want to assemble it. I couldn't no. be bothered. <laughs> I have bought in just a little oh, show and no, tell. I saw that. <laughs> for the golfer, a stocking fillet for the golfer. It is a proper golf club or wedge, whatever, bottle opener. It's brand new. It's not a wedge. It's, it's, a, a, wood. it's a wood. It's a wood. It'd be, it's, it'd be like a... Mr. Hogan. A, a five, what's his first name? It's a five wood. Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan. Be? There you go. It's real. <laughs> it came in a proper bag. And I thought, that is a stocking filler for the golfer in your life. I think Corey and I one. might fight over that one. Oh. Well, you're actually, you're the only golfer in the room, so maybe... Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be fighting over that. <laughs> no, I think so. I'm, I'm more interested in the Barbie caravan. And um, I remember it's when incredible. there was a, a cry for jewellery from our grandchildren and a last year or the year before, and you very kindly um, grabbed some jewellery strings good. of pearls for the kids. I thought this could be a good weapon if ever a burglar came into your house, just <laughs> dong them over the head with the Ben Hogan. But no, Oppie's been really busy, lots of good donations. We had the donation from the rock star. No, I can't mention any names. But her oh, go full, on. I can't, her full war, on-stage wardrobe, just woo-woo. What, Babs? Really? Not Babs. <laughs> it's really Aussie, but really good. Not Olivia. No. 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 Not Corey, Olivia. she said she can't. I can't. It. Don't push oh, come me. come on. Don't I press mean, me. that stops you in your journalism no. career of no. 40 years? Well, I think Anna's coming in kindly and giving yeah. us her time. I don't think we need to put her on <laughs> no. the spot. I don't Corey, think that's on. Anna procured... Um, for my um, beautiful little granddaughter Sunday, um, some lovely presents, but some of them op shop finds. There is a brand new unworn jacardi dress in Christmas colours. Oh. With the label still with, on. I had to leave the label on because it was so bloody expensive. I just couldn't believe how expensive that stuff is. How beautiful. Mm. But, Annie, over the years you've you've found things people have just um, – it's still in the packet. Little oh, no. The seed clothing and the bathers from last year. Oh, totally. And we, we get people's unwrapped, unopened – but wrap Christmas presents from like, so in January, we'll just have a whole lot of presents that wow. people just haven't even opened. I mean, good how does that happen? Good local tips. So don't forget everybody, the Sacred Heart Mission op shop in Chapel Street, Paran, right opposite the Paran Town Hall. And um, you too can um, go and have some Christmas cheer, but not part of the Christmas lunch because that's on hold because retail's gone through the roof down there. <laughs> so guys, I was very interested to talk to you both about Christmas Day and summer holidays. It's a usual topic with us at this time. Uh, sad not to have Jules with us this year, your mum, Caro, but we're sending love to her because I know she'll be listening. Um, we want to know, Anna, we'll start with you, five things to do during summer in Melbourne. So Caro and I, you know, we live down the beach at this time of year, but what's happening up in the big smoke? Well, I, just very briefly, my first number one, first cab off the rank was I thought a little bit of culture, Barbara Hepworth Sculpture Exhibition called In Equilibrium at the Heidi Art Gallery. And remember we went and saw her um, studio in situ at St Ives. We did, and it was just beautiful. And it was absolutely incredible. So this is the first time that she her work has been exhibited in Australia. And 
she is the doyon of modern sculpture. She's incredible. And she was a leading British artist of her generation. And I think the first female sculptor to gain international recognition. So that will be beautiful. And what's not to like about Heidi? I'm I mean, embarrassed. It's I've demo. never been. Oh, what? Are you joking? Never Are been. Are you kidding? No, I've all. It's on oh. my bucket list and has been for years. I just never have got around to going. Carol, the David McLashan designed I know, house of hiding. I know. I know. The reeds. I've made oh. so many plans also, and never I mean, been. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Shopping. Anna. The, the Heidi too, yeah, which everything is the McLashan about, home, yeah. is, is is incredible. Is incredible. The herb garden. No, it's really good. Sitting in the okay. That's it. We're going for a picnic. Yeah. In fact, we we should do a podcast there when the weather's nicer. That's what we. That is beautiful. Is the exhibition on for most? the summer. It's on till March and it's going to, I mean, first time she's ever been here, it's going to be incredible. Now, my second cab off the rank and just, it's a no-brainer, the NGV blockbuster fashion exhibition, Alexander McQueen, Mind, Mythos and Muse. It's absolute must. It's had yep. so much coverage. I know, but it's going to be fabulous. That opening party looked I know. fantastic. Where, our invitation must still be in the oh, mail. Lost in the mail. Now, and then I thought, Melbourne, what about some musical entertainment? Sir Elton's coming to town, <laughs> as is Harry Styles, and the Stingmeister, if that's your shtick, not for me, but I know people What's wrong love with Sting. Sting. Don't like him. Oh, Never really? liked him. Never liked him. He's anyway. a fairly humorless character. Oh, I think he's got a great voice. All that tantric sex talk, not interested. <laughs> in oh, he doesn't have to, you don't have to do that with no. him. You can just <laughs> listen to him. But, yeah, I'm sort of with Anna. Or head across the river, and I know you guys have been, and see who's playing at the Jazz Lab, a brilliant live music venue in Brunswick, which we've been to. And, in fact, we're going to Alma Ziegler next week to see A Very Jewish Christmas. Which is which, it's such a great which show. Which is okay. fantastic. Nice so yes. cross the river, get there. That was number three. Number four is a bike ride, and I've done it. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. And it's absolutely beautiful. I just call it the Yarra Trail bike ride. But you drive to Eaglemont or, yeah, sort of Eaglemont, and, you know, where all the Walter Billy Griffin houses are, or Ivanhoe. So you've got all that beautiful pre-Gold Rush Victoriana architecture. Get your bike and just ride along the river, and it's the Heidelberg Art Trail. So, you know, like at the beach, you walk along and there's a painting of... Arthur Street and yes. something, yes. Well, it's the same thing, but you're along the Yarra. It's all shady because there's gum trees. So there's signage as you go along to so, tell and you there's the, Like there's the painting. So the, Hans Heysen's done a couple of whatever. And then you look at the situation and it's still exactly the same. It's absolutely beautiful. It's really worth doing. Great it's flat. Tip. There's no hills. And you're just cycling along. It's absolutely beautiful and it's full... The Yarra's just incredible. There's little waterfalls. It's really good. I'm just inserting a grumpy here to the person who uh, down at the beach, the Penley Boyd, there's a, there's a series of Penley Boyd, yeah. um, the same sort of thing, and someone's ripped off the signage. They've, oh. they've attacked it, so you can't actually read anymore. So the person who did that, you're in my bad books for Christmas. Totally. It might have been a weather-related. No, it looks like it's been stripped oh, off. It's bad. Yeah, vandalism. And my last one is or are the Ripponlea Gardens, which I don't know if you two have ever been. Oh, Morton Bay figs. It's My incredible. Goodness. I've never seen such big ones. I know. Well, Sister Julie, who lives in Elwood, put me onto it. I think if you're a local, you get in for free. I think we may have to pay. But it is this 14 acres of gardens surrounding the historic Ripponlea house, in Ripponlea, obviously. And there's the Western Lawn with exotic plants. There's a fernery. There's a lake with a grotto. Well, who doesn't like a grotto? I mean, it's my favourite thing in the world. 
there's the boathouse, there's an orchard. So I just think take your dog, take a book, take the senior out for an outing, have a picnic. We used to take the kids when they were little for picnics. Oh, I used I've to love going there. Yeah. Drew discovered in COVID and just said it's at, you just pick an area. I mean, 14 acres in the middle of Melbourne. It's incredible. So they're my five things to do. Great That's Just tips. roundabout. Great Very tips. impressive, Anna. Caro, what have you got on your list of things to do? What are you looking forward to doing over Christmas and summer? Oh, well... I'm looking. Look, I'm I'm looking forward to finally taking up swimming in a serious way. Really? Not, yeah. No, I'm just I'm sick. What of about your year. hair? I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, but no they, good. Apparently, there's. Well, I did buy. Was happy. Was lucky enough to go to Budapest last year, and I brought a great bathing cap in one of those incredible. <laughs> Is that where you want to go? Because you've got I the good show off my, my new yellow <laughs> bathing cap. You know those th- beautiful yeah. um, thermal baths they yeah. have there. They're just incredible. Um, they're absolutely beautiful. So you wear that with another one of those speedo bathing caps underneath. And I just want to start swimming 1K, 2K. Yeah, start. Well, I was invited uh, officially to join our local swimming group the other day. And I was the first concern was about the blow wave. But I think for the month of January, I might just diss it and not have it anymore. No, you've I, I was... got, you're one of those lucky people who when your hair dries... Naturally, Don't it goes. Say it looks normal. It looks fabulous. It's gorgeous, like Taya. Yeah, we all, we all tell you you should keep your hair natural because yeah. nah, it nah, looks so nice. Because, but I'm I, I'm just going to give it up for a month. But I'm more concerned about Barry the stingray, who oh. lurks under the under the pier. And Johnny said, oh, don't worry, we only see him a couple of times a season. I went, well, that's just too too many occasions for me. Thanks very much. But I might I might join you in the pool, the local pool. Yeah, well, are you swimming in the pool, Caro? No, no. I'm, well, I'm, it might be the local pool. What a rosebud! Pool. It might. No. Yeah, yeah. It's not aquatic centre. No, it's I do spend time in we... Melbourne too, Anna. There's pools in Melbourne. And oh, I there's... thought you meant water. You know, like no bay. No, I mean the bay. Yeah. Swim in the bay. Oh, okay. Oh, so, right. oh, well, you'll yeah. get to know Barry intimately as well. Yeah, and I, I, look, I, I know that people, you know, Steve Irwin, but I know people have died from stingrays, but really, it's quite unusual, and generally, you have to tread on them to really upset. Yeah, them. I don't think you're going to be doing a Steve Irwin. Yeah, I mean, I was reading. I mean, never um, say never. I was <laughs> reading last week how Western Australia's become the go-to place in Australia in Perth, and um, you know they've got a lot. Of, they've got a big shark issue yeah. over there. But as their media keeps saying, you've got more likely to be um, stung by a shark at a car yard than you are by a shark in <laughs> Perth. So I'm I'm going with that. Yeah. No, no, Corey. Look, I've. I just want. I just want nice weather. I want to spend more time on the beach than I do at home. I don't want to become mired in all those chores that you got so grumpy about last week. And I want to spend a lot of time at my local cinema because it's the last time it's ever going to be open. It closes at the end of January. It, that, that is tragic thought. I was looking forward to my big thing was, of course, as I've said um, a couple of weeks ago, taking Harriet, my five-year-old, to the Nutcracker. And lo and behold, this week, Ukraine's culture minister has called on uh, all Western allies nations to temporarily boycott Russian artists and composers and said in this particular Christmas season we should not go and see The Nutcracker which was composed by um, Peter Tchaikovsky. So I'm joking. Now, I am now having a bit of a dilemma. Is not that really? Is that, still going is that cancel culture? Is that <laughs> one of the words you really hate? You I can't mean, not I mean, go. Are you joking? Yeah. You're going. Harriet thinks I mean, you're imagine, going. Imagine Sorry. trying to explain that to Hattie. No. Yeah. I mean, I know she's incredibly smart, but just to no. sit her down and to say, look, we're we having a moratorium on anything to do with Russian culture, I don't think it's going no. to cut. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. And, of course, we will, even though it is Disney characters, oh, 
I will take her to the Maya windows. I think that's an, an absolute must, must do. I'm, I've managed to avoid department stores up until now, and I think I'm going to continue with that. I also want to hone my bridge skills because, you know, I'm back at Congress this summer. I heard Congress is on. In Watch fact, out Gold Coast. Well, Gold Coast. Anna, I think you're coming off the interchange in February while Madam's yeah. at Congress. <laughs> it's only four days. Every time you say Congress, I think of like a Congo line of. If you I know, no, you I think die. United Nations. You would you know, die if solving you the world's problems. Well, they walk in with their flags. Maybe this year. I'm from maybe this Mars. year, my team and I will enter in the Bridge Fashion Parade. If you saw these people dressed. <laughs> I'm not going to go Don't into that. Don't be rude. <laughs> pretty, Are you being bad. rude about your bridge friends? Well, they're um, not all friends and some of them can be quite, I think you know, there's more foes so, than friends. So, <laughs> exactly. So I know that we said that we would talk about things we wanted to do during summer and Christmas and we were looking forward to. And then I also said to you girls, just have a think about some things that we're not looking forward to. I have to tell you, the things I'm not looking forward to is a much longer list than the things <laughs> I am looking forward to. So I have put on my list... Um, uh, oh my goodness! What um, the annual Christmas Eve dash to the supermarket because you forgot to buy the cream? Um, I did Google. Um, I did Google and found this most interesting fact in the Home Beautiful uh, magazine website. This is the UK, but I think it's probably it's quite similar to what's happening here. The five most hated Christmas chores: number one is washing up, number two is taking down the decorations. Number three, I defer to um, something, I, a point I made a couple of weeks ago, untangling the Christmas the tree lights. lights. Mm. Number four is shopping for gifts and five is wrapping gifts. Now, I love wrapping gifts. Love wrapping love gifts. Love wrapping gifts. Um, Home Beautiful, oh, sorry, House Beautiful also uh, found out that through their research that people, the British people on average spend three hours doing their food shopping for Christmas Day and they spend an average of 36 hours getting ready for Christmas. That's exhausting. We were, we were on a third floor apartment last year, as you know, um, on the other side of the world. And Brendan reckons I sent him out on Christmas Eve five times. And, you know, they're pretty steep stairs. It wasn't like a normal one, you know, first floor, second floor, third floor. He said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going again. I said, you have to. I forgot the white pepper for the bread sauce. But it's slimming and, and you can work up an appetite for the oh. next day. <laughs> He, he could not believe and, and also everything, we were in lockdown in Amsterdam, so there wasn't much else to do when the shops were open. So it was sort of entertainment. And I agree, I don't mind taking down the decorations either. I find that quite therapeutic. Oh, and you're so happy when it's done. Yeah. I, I always think the bad thing about Christmas is you always feel you've forgotten something. There's just that nagging feeling. It of, is, isn't have it? Have I got it all sorted? Do I have Auntie Dot's gift? Totally. And where and is it? Lies, remember the day you left the Christmas dress behind the on the door in Melbourne and had nothing to wear? Anna's talking to her sister, Sorry. Liza, through the glass. <laughs> um, Anna, what is our favourite comment that your husband says to you every Christmas on the night before? So he just waits till, you know, we've had dinner, we're all, <laughs> you know, you're just in an absolute frenzy and he's, he'll just say, oh, so we're sorted then, are we? <laughs> As, As if the he's wee, done the one and thing. We're not picking on Chris because no. they all do it. And this was when you had smaller children, so you had father Christmas presents and then I think we're you had your presents. Actually. And, you know, you had different wrap and we're sorted. And traditionally he went out to lunch on the always the last weekday before Christmas and got absolutely shickered. So, no, it was always a disaster. It's much more relaxed now. But this year I'm... I'm, I feel, you know, I always worry that I've forgotten something, but also I'm doing a lot of driving because I'm going from my digs to Footscray to Mount Waverley 
So I'm behind the wheel. Yeah, no, mm, not, not too many drinks for you. No, and Kat, but I will have the car key, so no I'll be able to get home. You. Have you ever had an eggnog? Ooh, no. no. Oh no, I have. They're delicious. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. What's years in it? ago? Egg and brandy and something else, a cream. I can't remember. Is what it the whipped? Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's whipped, but it's like a, it's just like a mai tai or one of those. No, it'd never be like a mai tai. <laughs> hey, Carol, what about you? What, and rummy. What are no. you not looking forward to? My worst, this this is so trivial. Oh, look, this is a trivial episode. Let's but, face it. You know, day day five or six of the ham just, you know, it gets a bit manky. manky. And the fr- you're sick of putting it back in the bag and all the damp tea towels and the bit of fat over the top and that beautiful opening My mother day would or say two. you're very lucky to have a ham. It's incredible and I do absolutely love it. But how many, by the end, you know, the age has got all those leftover ham recipes. You've, you've completely exhausted yeah. all of those. And you're pretty sick of the old salty processed pink meat, yeah, aren't you? And you, you realise you've just eaten so much protein yeah. and pink meat. I love ham for five to six days, but the, the ha- annoying moment, but the happiest moment is just getting that. Getting bone the bone out. And turfing it in the bin. Yeah. And so. then washing the ham, the ham bag. Yeah. Which everybody must have. Soaking. Ha- hands up in the audience if you have a ham bag. Yeah. Great. I um, did a I did a clear out, a huge pantry. Thoroughly recommend it. Put it on your Christmas list. No, don't, because I've got about seven. I did a yeah. huge pantry kitchen clear out the other day. And, you know, I, I thought I must find my – I found four and I had two already in the tea towel drawer. Oh, that's awful. That's like after my mother died and I found 32 white shirts in her cupboard. <laughs> oh, What's with that? Actually, that's a lie. It was 28. You, you, can, you can do other things with handbags, I guess. We're going to continue a bit more Christmas chat, but first we want to talk Christmas wine, Christmas alcohol, a subject close to our heart. And there'll be a round of applause because he is the Victorian wine industry's pin-up boy, Miles Thompson from Prince Wine Store. In the spirit of looking forward, we're going to look forward to Christmas. Miles is here, thanks to Prince Wine Store. Miles Thompson, great to see you at our live podcast. Love it. <laughs> now, your Christmas mix doesn't. Mm, very popular. Is, it's, it's already sold out its first round. So Has it really? Yes. Yeah, so so have you had to change it or you No, doing... no, more's coming in. So so people can go into Prince Wine Store and Miles puts together these wonderful monthly highlights, but the Christmas one looks absolutely fantastic. Can you give us a few highlights first of all? Yeah, so we always like to sort of, it, it's a pretty simple sort of thing. We just look at it and say, what's just a bunch of great wines that you can drink at Christmas? You know, that's that's the theme. So lot, lots of great sort of like crispy whites. My favourite sort of white out of that one is probably the um, Preda Blanc from Schmaltzer and Brown, and they're based based out of Beechworth, and it's a it's a white blend, so it has some Riesling and some aromatic varietals and some Chardonnay in bits and pieces, and it's just got this lovely sort of lifted aromatics and lovely freshness and that lovely sort of peachy soft fruit. It's just like perfect sort of. Uh, summer white wine if we ever get La- summer. Last week, last week on the podcast you talked mm. about the, your favourite Chardonnay, which was from that area too. There's some interesting wine coming yeah. out of that area. Yeah, Beechworth is really – it's a small little area, but it sort of packs a lot of punch. There's a lot of really fantastic producers coming out and kind of does a bit of everything. You see some good Pinots, Shiraz, Chardonnay, things like Nebbiolo and some sort of alt Italian varietals are really good out of there, Sangiovese, things like that. So, yeah, it's, have you it's got such a, a cool little area. Sorry, have you got a, right? a sparkling – in your Christmas dozen? I do. We always put a sparkling in. This year I did something a little different. I did um, I did a apple cider from Eric Bordelais. And now this is, there's a couple of staff at Prince Wine Store that have worked there for a long time and it's our standard 
Christmas Day fair. So Thapple Cider, it's a it's a French. He's a winemaker and he's gone over and, and now he makes cider there. Fantastic. It's made in the bottle, so it's made a traditional method. So they're made in each bottle. And uh, this is just his straight apple cider. I think it's like $25 or something on the shelf normally. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit sweet. It's got that lovely, fresh, sort of clean, sparkling apple flavor. And we talk about sort of having it it's the perfect match for breakfast, you know, if you want to open it up. Or, or in the afternoon, it's a really nice palate cleanser as well. With the smoked salmon and scrambled <clears throat> eggs. Mm. Excuse well, me. I'm and the also, hollowed out rolls. Yeah. Yum. And, oh, well, that, yeah, absolutely. I also, I, I also love that first drink on Boxing Day. I know that makes me sound like I have a, an issue with alcohol. But, but you need it on Boxing Day, don't you? Do, <laughs> <laughs> do you? Oh, I suppose you get into all that leftover paper. And, yeah, but yeah. often people drop in. Yep. No, well, the family right. might come back to pick up oh, toys. They Most people would say it's an infinitely more enjoyable day. Christmas favourite day. day of the year, probably, for yeah. many. Particularly if there's an interesting test match happening, although the way the West Indies are going at the moment, I'm not all that excited about the Boxing Day <laughs> test. And, Miles, is there a, a red you would particularly recommend well, for Christmas Day? Yeah, the other thing that we also love to put in there is is a Magnum. So, a, you know, two two bottle, one one big bottle worth two bottles. Um, and most years it is the Gigal Cote de Rhone, and this year it is the Gigal Cote de Rhone again. And it's just one <laughs> of the, like... But back by popular demand. It's just such an, yeah, well, it's just such good value. I think it's $65 on the shelf normally and you get, you know, your big, your big bottle. And I think it's great, not only because it's a, such a fantastic wine and year in year, like year in year out, this wine is always just unbelievable for the money. And it's made by one of the greatest sort of winemakers out of the Northern Rhone as well. Um, but it comes in a massive bottle. And I think just for like Christmas, whether it's, you know, a, a get together beforehand or on the day, on the table or Boxing Day, or just around that time, it's just so nice to have have a bottle like that. It's a bit of fun to open up a big bottle and, you know, you can easily get, you know, whatever it is, 12 glasses out of it for your friends. So if you've got a group of people over, it's a great barbecue wine. It's going to go with turkey. It's going to go with roast beef or whatever you're sort of going to do. So it's always a winner. Very popular. So the Mixed Dozen is currently available at Prince Absolutely, Wine Store. Yep. It walked out the door. You've done another walked out one. The door. Another, one's, another one's getting packed, so they'll and, all be there ready to go. And how much roughly is this going to cost us? So it's $265 and it's worth about 340 bucks. So it's, it, we always try to sort of make sure it's really value good value too. Money. I know. How do you do it? <laughs> Don't know. But Alex is giving away the farm down there. <laughs> oh, I know. If they knew what I was doing there, they might, uh, they might, might not have a job. It. Yeah, exactly. So re- remember, you can also buy these wines individually. As I said before, use the promo code MEWS or at checkout or in store or online for your 10% discount. Miles, we've had a great fun this year. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah, thanks for everything. Really enjoyed it. You've come to live podcasts. We've been to yeah. you. We've taken Mohammed to the mountain and yeah. back again. And I look forward to doing it all again next year. Yeah, hopefully some exciting stuff and maybe some more live things and love in, it. another in-store thing would be good. Oh, we love in-store. Lots of things. Yeah, lots of things to do. Miles, have a great Christmas and yeah, summer Merry and Christmas thanks for everything. All. No, my pleasure. If anyone's got any questions for Miles, we should tell everyone out there, just <laughs> bail him up on this way out. He'll <laughs> yep. be happy to help. Yep, I can see all a your couple wine of choices. And, and I Miles, can hear a couple of hands I got raised. I've a message about my card. I'll, I'll, it's changed. No problem. I've, I had to change cards last week. So <laughs> Corey, so do people need to hear this? No, no, no. We're just doing our – I just did my shopping. I just have to work it out. It's okay. <laughs> you have the that's wine. Right. That's the most important. Thank you, we do. And it's already been opened.
we go on to book, screen and food, uh, brought to us each week as it has by Red Energy. And I'm thrilled and delighted here at our live podcast today. We've been joined by David Holman of Red Energy, General Manager of Business Development. And you have been developing business with us, haven't you, David? <laughs> Uh, yes, we have. Um, thank you for having me. We're thrilled with um, the, the relationship with Red Energy. It's been really terrific. And your gang, with us, particularly with our live podcast and everything during the year, it's been great. So thank you very much for sticking with us. Absolute pleasure. Have you got a recommendation for us for life over summer or something you like to do at Christmas? You might even have a book or a screen. What can you tell us? Oh, way out of my depth here, but I, <laughs> but I, I, I will talk about Christmas because I am a Christmas tragic. I do love Christmas and uh, our house is uh, lit up, uh, especially outside. It's a little bit Griswold. Yep, good. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that the man from the energy company is using his own energy. That is Bravo. Well, my wife does say, oh, thank God we work, you work for an energy company, but uh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to my energy bill, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But we've got the kids involved this year, so it's, uh, it looks fantastic. How, do you, how are you finding people navigating the, um, the whole energy issue at the moment with rising prices and obviously in the international crisis in energy? Yes, it's certainly been uh, well uh, covered in the media and uh, it is really challenging at the moment. Um, We are in an energy crisis and we feel for our customers. We've got uh, just over a million customers and our people are talking to them every day and it's certainly a topic of conversation for them. Uh, But but it's challenging times, but uh, we'll get through it. I have to say that your uh, your people on the telephone are very, very helpful. I've been in that situation a couple of times where we've had to put on put on new electricity at different places and they've always been very helpful and um, and terrific. So thanks for that. Um, just getting back to your Christmas lights, a couple of weeks ago um, I had a real whinge about the fact that you get the Christmas lights out and they all become tangled, but then you'll find as you plug them in that six of the 12 bulbs are not working and wouldn't it be a great business opportunity to actually, maybe Bunnings could do this, offer every single sized shaped Christmas light bulb that you possibly can. So maybe there's um, maybe there's a career in that for us after all of this. So how do you? I don't get... think David does that. He just goes and buys <laughs> new ones every year. Buy LED, I think. See, he's well. There you go. So David, when you're uh, tell me about lighting up the house. Do you actually? Is it you who gets up on the ladder and and street? What would, I'm trying to imagine what your house looks like. So can you just take us through? Have you got the Father Christmas? Do you have the reindeer one or all of them or? <laughs> well, in previous years, we've had the blow-up Santa sort of out the out oh. the front. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but uh, no, string string the lights up around right round our backyard and the fence, and we've got. Uh, I, I found some coloured uh, poles that sort of the light jumps around. And, uh, oh wow! And, and I, got a laser show. <laughs> and I am a, a, a kiwi, so we've got a lit-up kiwi in the backyard as well. An actual kiwi. That is brilliant. My favourite ever was um, near um, my sister's place in Sydney. We were there one year and she had two little reindeer and a mother reindeer. And the mother reindeer nodded its head up and down at the little baby reindeers all lit up. You can do some amazing things. Oh, it's incredible. But uh, it might be the last one. I think we've probably done our dash. I think the, my the kids, kids, are are get, kids are getting older and I don't think they I think there's a point, isn't there, where they go from loving it and then the next year it's so embarrassing yeah, being the right. lit up house in the, in the neighbourhood. Right. Um, David, thank you very much. As I said um, earlier, you, you guys have been fantastic sponsors of our podcast and 
We love our association with uh, with Red Energy and thank you for all that you do for us. And particularly, we hope that you have a lovely, lit up, fabulous Christmas. Thanks for coming on, David. Uh, thank you and Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, David Holman, General Manager of Business Development at Red Energy. At and which point we welcome back Anna from the op shop. We do. Off the interchange bench again, To Anna. help us out with the books, screen we are looking forward to reading and watching and the food we are looking forward to eating and experiencing in 2023. Corey. Away we go. Anna, do you want to kick us off? Are there some books on your Christmas list that you are really hoping to get your teeth into? Totally. I've got a huge list, but I've just picked two out of a huge lift. One is, and I'm sure you've probably already eyed it off, Corrie, Kamala Shamsi's latest I've book. Read, I've read oh, it. Oh, about the two Pakistani women. I've read it. Best it looks brilliant. I know. Well, it looks fantastic. I mean, we oh, all there's know. A re- yeah, there's a reason I didn't review it. Oh, hell. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like oh, it. Oh, no, well, I'm not, I don't want to say that. Go on. Well, no, I, go on. Oh, you know how much I love her. Can I just say I love her? Oh, we loved her. And remember when we met her at the yes, Wheeler Centre, yes. I was just a complete fan and sat next to her. It was brilliant. Anyway, I think that, well, you'll be able to tell me, but it, from what I've read about it, it's an anatomy of a friendship of two Pakistani girls, sort of peas in a pod teenagers, and then they move to, London. you know, it goes on for 30 years. They move to London and they live... Different lives in post-Brexit London? Is that what it's That's about? It. There's That's an, what there's I thought. An incident. There's an incident oh. when they're in Pakistan as young uh, teenagers and it's how they responded to that incident uh, which kind of marks the character of the two girls. And then you fast forward, they're in London, they're besties, they have very high-powered ones in, in tech uh, um, and in the tech space and she's a CEO, she might even own her own company, I can't remember. The other is involved in um, in human rights, and um, and the two collide somewhat. Uh, fantastic first half, second half I felt was a bit weak, but look, definitely give it a go. Yeah. But there is, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't review you didn't, it, and you didn't love it. I didn't. I love still it. want I to read it. Sad. I think it's yeah. And my second one is Bourneville by Jonathan Coe. Oh, Corrie, I don't think you're liking the look of that either. No, I've, I've bought that, um, Anna. I can't wait. So the best-selling author of Middle England, which I absolutely loved, and it looks to be a portrait of contemporary Britain told through four generations of one family, which who doesn't love a family saga? And he's bloody funny, I reckon, Jonathan Coe. Like, he has characters named Coriander and he's really, he gets Britain. So they're my two on my wish list. I'll throw a couple in, Corrie. I mentioned before pre-podcast um, The Girl from Uruguay by Pedro Mayoral. I'm really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to Shrines of Gaiety. Oh, Has anyone read that yet? I have. Yes, half read it. My Again, favourite like, It's author. another one I had to put down with Ian McEwan. You weren't such I, a huge fan when we talked about Kate it. By Kate Atkinson, another one of our favourites. Um, I absolutely loved it. I thought she rushed the ending and I was disappointed. The ending, I'm not giving anything away, but it almost was like in sort of doc form. And it had been such a Dickensian novel with incredible characters coming in and everyone playing their role that I was disappointed at the end. But I absolutely loved it. And she's bloody funny. It's good. No, definitely read it. It's really good. And I should throw in Corrie, the new William Boyd, which I just am dying to read, called The Romantic, one of my favourite authors. I thought you'd already done that. Otherwise, I would have done that. And they say it's as good as... What was his one? Tender as the heart, or um, any human heart. Apparently, it's as good as any human heart, and the which most is beautiful my cover book of last too. year. 
Oh, really? Yep. I absolutely loved it. So here are some hot tips. I haven't read these yet. I'm going to, but I've been told that they're all really terrific. One is the new biography of Shirley Hazard, the Australian Dying to read it, yeah. Who spent most of her life living in England. Lucy Worsley's Agatha Christie bio, which uh, has had great reviews. Mum's read that. Yeah, and your mum and I were talking about it, so she put me onto that. Um, Dominic Smith, many of you will remember, who wrote The Last Painting of Sarah DeVos. Um, He's actually coming up to Australia. We're doing an event with him in March, um, or I mean I am. Um, He has a new book called Return to Valletto, which is a family mystery set in a small town in Umbria, with secrets from World War Two mm. hanging over the family. So I can't wait for that. Anna Funder has a new book in 2023. So many people will remember her from Stasiland. Um, and I can't wait for that. And um, just another one. Oh, I've got Susanna Constantine's memoir. Can't wait for that. <laughs> That's going to be great. Uh, is that like Trini and Susanna? Yeah. Trini and Susanna. But Did she, she, go was, out she went out with Lord Lindley. Yes. Yeah, she went out with David Lindley, the son of Princess Margaret. And Princess Margaret, she says in the book um, or the back of the book that she, uh, Princess Margaret was a, a strong and important mother figure to her because Susanna's own mother had a problem with alcoholism and she was pretty detached from family life toward the end there. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, but one uh, that I can't wait to read is Spare by Prince Harry. Oh, Tote. No, Carol. Spare me, spare. <laughs> She's so down on these royals. I can't believe it. Well, they're not royals, Corrie. They don't want to be royals anymore. Okay, all right. Okay, divisive issue. On to Scream. Now, what are we looking forward to viewing in 2023, girls? I've got two films that I can't wait. One is Empire of Light, which was the star of the British Film Festival and I miss, which I won't even go into that whole boring saga. But anyway, it's Olivia Coleman and Colin Firth, and it looks fabulous. It's a romance develop, a romance develops in a beautiful old cinema on the south coast of England in the 1980s. So it's obviously a romance between those two leading actors, but I think it's more a love letter to British cinema. I just think it looks fantastic. Yep, agree. So definitely on. And the next one, also from the British Film Festival, I think, was called The Banshees. And I don't quite know yes. if this is how you pronounce the – is it Irish, Ron? I don't – anyway, I'm sorry about my bad Irish Gaelic pronunciation. This looks wonderful, Anna. It looks incredible. It's got Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who we love. And it's set on a tiny island off the west coast of Ireland – in 1923, and it's about two friends who fall out and the repercussions of them falling out. And I was reading an article somewhere and they said Colin Farrell won the Best Actor at Venice Film Festival for this and there's already been Oscar talk. I saw a short for this at one of the British Film Festival films I went to see and it looks amazing Mm. and it looks like a a, a sort of a darker version, although I must say it was a moving, you put me onto it, um, Rams, that movie Rams with uh, Brian Brown and Sam Neill. It's a great film. Yeah, isn't that a wonderful film? So I think you can get that. You can stream that somehow. I don't know whether everybody's seen Rams. It's a remake of a Nordic film, actually. Is it? Yeah. So two brothers fighting who don't talk. So the the one that with um, Colin Farrell. But they're not brothers. They're not brothers, no, but it's a fallout again. Again, land involved. And and it looks like a small story, small town. It looks, I've seen the shorts too. I thought it looked fantastic. Before we go on to my, so they're my big screens. 
which is mine are a bit trivial, so I'll leave me till last. I've Caro? got a few. Yeah, you go. <laughs> As you can imagine. imagine. Well, Corrie, you've mentioned this already, but I'm um, having now read more about it. And I don't think it's going to be out till the middle of the year. Is the Barbie movie? Oh, only because it's... I'm sorry, that was my trivial. Well, it's directed by um, Greta Gerwig, and it's got um, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling in it. The shorts are amazing. We're well, not coming out till June, July, or no. something. Ryan Gosling looks really good as Ken. On the really uh, to continue <laughs> on the trivial side, only because I love the first in this um, saga, Legally Blonde Three. Now, Legally Blonde Two was really terrible, mm. but Legally Blonde Three has. Again, um, you know, gorgeous Reese Witherspoon in it. And the fact that they've gone back and made it tells me that it's going to be pretty good. Because she wouldn't do a dud. She might be a bit long in the tooth to be. Oh, no, she's probably the the senior partner of a law firm, Anna. Anna, Well, I'm just saying it it was a sort of It's obviously not going to be. She's not trying to be 25. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the um, making of a novel we really loved, which you recommended years ago on the podcast called Daisy Jones and the Six. It's going to be a series That's going to be great. Um, by the, the novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid, just really a, sort of loosely based on Fleetwood Mac, but not really. No, but fascinating. Rock and roll. Yeah, we actually left Christine McVie off our deaths in um, last week's episode. Oh, we did so too. How could apologies we do that? She's to a Christine. Huge death. Yeah. But the, these two look great Peter Pan and Wendy. Which is um, it keeps changing. It's either go, it's a like not a cartoon. It's like real life people. <laughs> is it in real life? As my kids <laughs> like used to real say, real life Peter Pan flying. Um, yeah, real. Um, it's got a British cast that looks brilliant. I think Jude Law's in there as Captain Hook. Um, it's oh, thank it, God it's not Johnny Depp. They keep deciding to whether it's going to be released in the cinemas or on Disney Plus. But oh. I just I love the story of Peter Pan. Oh, obsessed. And yeah. I really, really am looking forward to that. And the big ticket one is Christopher Nolan's movie Oppenheimer, which yes. is about the inventor of the nuclear, the, the bomb. That looks nuclear. great, Caro. And a roll your eyes, no, you may. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just thinking you really went... Um but listen, diverse from, from Barbie but, but to listen, listen, listen to the cast. Killian Murphy, is it pronounced Killian, Killian, Killian Murphy. Killian. Who's he? He plays Oppenheimer, the you'll British know, actor. The face. Uh. Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Kenneth Branagh, um, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh. I mean, mm, yeah. what Doesn't a get cast. Doesn't um, So they're, my, they're the ones I'm, I'm looking forward to a few. A, When's that out? That's... Uh, uh, March, March, okay. March, April. Yeah. There, there's a movie uh, you might may know more about this, Caro, because of your interest in British films. It's called The Critic, and it stars Ian McKellen, and it is about uh, a theatre critic who is involved, get, becomes involved in some sort of spy intrigue with actors about whom he is writing. Does that ring any bells with you? No, no it doesn't. It sounds sound great. great. The other one, and we were outside talking to potties about this before because it came up on the big screen, Marie Antoinette, which I think um, Stan Lies told <laughs> us on was Stan. Stan. Has that already right? started? Don't go onto yes, Netflix it like has. I did. No, my sisters watched the whole thing and raved about Don't it. Don't type in Marie Antoinette with Netflix because the Kristen Dunst one. A uh, modern take, up, sort yes. of. And it's quite horrific, some of the stuff that happens. Um, and I started last night, oh, this is my big tip. I can't wait to immerse the serpent... Queen. Has anybody Serpent Queen? Yes, is that it? And no, it is Everyone's on, looking puzzled. Okay, I'm going to I'll, I will look it up um as we have a little break. Um 
and tell you what it's on. It's absolutely fantastic. Can I put the plug in for Yellowstone Series 5? <laughs> Yeehaw! More of the same. I can see those potties all nodding their head. And then, no, it's so good. Just keep going. And the new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So Harrison Ford Speaking is coming Speaking of back. a bit long in the tooth. Oh, too, way too long in the fang. No. Um, Awful. So that, so that is it for my choice and our choices of screens, things that we're going to put in our diary and definitely watch. Now, on to food, Anna oh, and I've, Caro. I've got a what good we, list here. What do we want to eat? Where do we want to go? Well, oh, can I kick this one totally. off? Um, I am looking forward to get ploughing my way through, and I haven't bought it yet, but I've bought it yet, but the new Karen Martini, which isn't a rip-off of Stephanie's Bible, but it's a massive book where she takes you through – um, how to make the best stock, um, how to do as you. And I reckon I make really good chicken stock and seafood and vegetable stock. So I'm really If I may looking, say so myself. If I say, like I'm a good, I told you last week, I was a very good reverse parker. <laughs> Something you're not so good at, Anne. No, you're, no, you're are not. You, you, I'm outraged. I can park on a sixpence. You're not very good at reversing. I mean, I can't like reverse, but I can park like there's no tomorrow. I can't reverse. I'm sorry. I'm I cannot do it. I, really? I, I'm furious. I apologise. No, you are a good reverse parker. Yeah. Just, you don't, you're a bit I can't reverse. Reversing. Too hard. So that's my sort of book I'm looking for, because I do like Karen Martini. And if she's done... Karen's think, incredible. Remember, she sort of got with Ottolenghi a bit. Yeah. She, they did a sort of, you know, collab sort of thing in she Melbourne. She might be coming to the Sorrento Writers' Festival, just saying. Really? No, I love mm. it. Well, I think she's done a bit of a... Um, Stephanie hasn't done an intro to this. So that's the book I'm looking forward to immersing myself in. Um very, very locally, um, one of my local pubs where we've done a live podcast many years ago, Corrie the Flying Duck, has reopened. It's got a new kitchen and a new eating area. So just to be very basic, I'm looking forward to trying that. I'm planning on doing a lot of regional eating next ah, year. I'm just saying. Me too. Can I, this, can I jump uh, in? Well, I just want to say where I went last year, this year, and what I, yeah, I'm planning on going back to at Freshwater Creek. There's a restaurant called Cantina at Common Ground. It's one of the best meals I've ever eaten in my entire life and for what it was, really reasonable. So that, Corrie, and staying in Victoria, Dufemier, I've never okay. been to Annie Smithers. Okay, so uh, Miles, Miles was talking about Bright Beechworth the last couple of weeks and the wonderful wineries and different experiences we can have there. And as we've uh, discussed before, wonderful place to go in, um, in autumn, particularly because of the leaves. Uh, Mandy, who's a friend of the podcast, texted me unexpectedly this morning and said, I'm having a week off. Amazing place. I'm in Bryce, surrounded by pines, and it's such a gourmet region. So I text back and said, I'm planning the road trip. Where should we be going for lunch or dinner? Elm Dining in Bright. And then apparently in Beechworth, there's a cracker cafe called Project 49. So that's where I'm off to. Anna, what about food and your? Do you want to just cut to the chase and give us your turkey brine recipe? <laughs> well, I, I have got two places that I w thought in Melbourne. One in Balaclava, which is Moon House, sister to Firebird. And I think it's a funky take on Cantonese. And I love Chinese, so that looks good. And the other is um, called Pippi's Kiosk in Albert Park, which is a wine bar with seafood, meant to be fabulous. Is that where we're going to our pod with our podcast friend Bridget? Is that no, where we're going to Woodhouse or Smokehouse or... You know, that's in South Melbourne. This is on the beach in Albert Park. It's meant to be great. Oh, okay. Um, I can do the I before can brine. You, before you do your brine, can I just say where I'm going around Christmas because I'm having a northern Christmas and it's only just opened in recent months or maybe earlier this year, Tweed River House. 
in the tweed. It's beautiful. It looks absolutely beautiful. Near the border. Are you wearing tweed? <laughs> I'm on the tweed, Anna, on the river tweed. Aren't you having Bridge Congress up near the tweed no, area? No, no. Well, that's on the Gold Coast and there's a brilliant restaurant there. Um, it's is tweed where one side is one time yes. and the yeah. other side yes, is the other time? His, yeah, yeah well, cool and gather and tweed heads, yeah. in fact. Right. And, and I remember right. I've covered the tweed classic once at Golf You're getting tournament. a bit narky with each other. No, not no, at all. But I, I need I, you to have to no, do an intervention. There is a restaurant no. on the Gold Coast that I went to pre-COVID and I'm told is still brilliant. You're one of those ones you walk through the secret doors, sort of ones. It's in Mermaid Beach and it's called Etsu Izakaya. It is the most incredible Japanese, Japanese. restaurant. Yeah. It is absolutely beautiful. Okay, time's against us, girls, so oh. let's just crack on to the oh, chicken dry recipe. Oh, are we, are we doing that in um? Oh, we are doing that in the questions. six quick questions. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> just saying. I have my rundown, <laughs> yeah. upside down. Um, that was BSF for Red Energy, and now... Sorry, I rather hogged the eating experiences, didn't I? <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> Anna, you're grumpy. Look, I am grumpy, Corrie, and I could have been grumpy about a gazillion things, about roadworks in Melbourne, about Qantas cancelling, you know, Christmas flights all over the shop, and also about the stinky weather and about COVID just seeing to be everywhere and just ruining people's Christmas. But I settled on the mozzie plague as my number one grump. I mean, I know there's been a run on, Mozzie zappers at Bunnings, and they—it's harder to get than dunny paper during COVID. And do they even work? I don't no, know. No. So our, our friend Kate Bailey a couple of years ago gave me the fly swatter, and it works just as effectively for the mozzie. Well, it's just terrible. And also, what about the Bensdale ulcer just lurking about as well? What's that? Well, you know oh, the mozzie—the thing that bites you bites and, you, you, and your then skin falls off. It started in Bensdale. Oh, the mozzie yes. sort of festers. Yep. Apparently, it's not oh. just Bensdale; it's on the Bellarine. Watch out, everyone. So I'm just really grumpy about mozzies. What, it skipped oh. to the Mornington Peninsula? No, Bellarine. Yeah, no, it, has, yeah, it hasn't got down to your side I, yet. I would rather mozzies than my husband standing there with a can of Mortine and asphyxiating yeah. the entire household. I it's heard revolting. a very interesting he, story he, about he, you, Caro, the other day from Maggie, our lovely Ocean Beach yoga in Sorrento, because I was doing yoga face-to-face with a huntsman on the other side of the window, oh. which at first, first, you're like, it, do, it, it does terrible things to your down dog. But I, but it was quite fascinating looking at this thing through the glass. You really get, I like, know what you're going to say. And, and she said, oh, your friend Caro was here the other day. And I said, oh, gosh, there's a big huntsman. And Caro said, leave it to me. And you got a piece of paper. And she thought, oh, that's sweet. She's going to put it outside. And you killed it in your hands. Well, that- Maggie, is this true? Maggie has not told that story quite truthfully. Well, maybe it was me. Maggie maybe and I, her maybe friend were shrinking back in the kitchen next to the yoga studio saying, are you scared of spiders? And I said, not really. I just hate snakes. Maggie said, would you be? And they're both like this. You know, they're, I'm, I'm doing a shrinking back sort of <laughs> thing. And I said, yeah, that's fine. And I grabbed a bit of um, yeah, kitchen wipe and I crushed it and threw it in the bin. And they looked horrified and they said, You've killed it. I said, well, what do you expect? It's a yoga studio. Maggie said, I thought you were going to put it outside, you know. What, release it into the wild? Release it into Forget the wild. It. No. As if you need no. to save us. Sorry if no. I've offended anyone can with I this story. Can I also say, can I correct? I expected you, can her you, to thank me and she totally. Can you give us a correction saying you are not afraid of spiders? Remember the uh, famous incident oh. in Clarendon Street, South Yarra, when, uh, Clarendon Street, Street South, South Melbourne, Melbourne when... <laughs> Outside the cricketer's arms, 
a yep. huntsman crawled across your windscreen. Yep. You jumped Slightly. out in the middle of traffic and all of the footy blokes outside having their beers went, oh, my God, that's Caroline Wilson dancing uh, Jim around Wilson, the, Jim dancing Wilson, who's not my brother, but we call each other brother and sister, he came and helped me. It's a bit different when one appears on your windscreen, Corrie. I mean, if I woke up in the night and it was on my face, I'd be pretty, <laughs> you know, worried. But But I wasn't anyway. Well, I think anyway. that's a really good grumpy, Anna. I'm with you with the mozzies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on to six quick questions. And, Caro, my first question is to you. Looking back at 2022, what's the what was the biggest sports story for you? Well, I'm going to keep it local, as in Australian. Um, saddest was the death of Shane Warne, if we can sort of call that a sports story, and the ensuing mourning period and that unbelievable event on the MCG. Mm, which... Congratulations to Eddie Maguire, actually. I thought he did a really good yeah, job posting that. But um, probably the biggest in terms of achievement and, again, its aftermath was the effort of Ash Barty to finally end a drought of more than 40 years and win the Australian Open. Finally an Australian woman and two months later retire, which just horrified me and shocked me. And although I was happy for her, I was just completely stunned. And I think when she played in the Australian Open, she knew and she, you know, it was hot off the press of winning Wimbledon the year before. So she was on a roll. She could have, she'd won three of the top, three of the Grand Slams. I would have loved to have seen her win four. And I would love to be watching her this year. And no one's sadder than Channel Nine that Ash Barty won't be around. But I think Ash Barty, Cam Smith winning the British Open was huge. But yep. And, and just a plug for her memoir, which is uh, apparently terrific and inspirational, particularly for younger readers, Ash Barty's new book. Anna, what is your favourite Christmas chore? Two favourite chores, wrapping, unlike Corrie, and... <laughs> oh, set, no, that do, wasn't me. That was the Brits. Of the Brits. I love wrapping. I love wrapping. I, love I, wrapping. I wish I'd been, you know, one of those rappers at Myers. I was at George's. We had to do it without, without the <laughs> sticky tape. I couldn't Surely do it without the that tape. Story, I have yeah. heard. I was just letting it, <laughs> letting it go. Of course I've heard that. Um, no, I use tape. But I feel nothing nicer than a cup of tea, your different wraps. It's my one effort at being creative. Also, I love um, um, doing the tree. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Just on the wrapping, you know our book club has has an award that's named after a book club member that came once and never came again. The wrapping <laughs> award. I was in the top three this year. Oh, my God. I didn't win, but I was in the top three. Uh, Were you happy with your wrap? Was it was, one of your was, best? Uh, not one of the best, but mm. it was probably better than a lot of the <laughs> I've never, I've never won that award and I always feel a bit duped oh, anyway. Caro, just linking on from that, what is your favourite Christmas craft? Well, now that um, we've got a special guest in the audience, your sister Liza, I'm reluctant to say this because she does it better than anyone, but I love a wreath. I've made wreaths out of ragtag bits of material. Your wreaths are fantastic. But Liza Liza made a wreath once out of um, succulents. Do you remember that? For mum. So she planted the wreath with succulents oh. and then, then mum actually planted it in the garden, you know, still oh, in the shape, shape of a wreath. Yeah. That oh, was pretty Liza. Cool. I know. I think She's you might have so to come talented. on the podcast in place of your sister. Oh, totally. I tried to channel Liza one year and I had a, I found a, um Oasis wreath, you know, Oasis, that stuff you soak, you know. Yes. That green stuff. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I, and I did it with berries and that did look pretty good. So oh, that would be my favourite Christmas craft. Um, Corrie, what is oh, your favourite no, Christmas? Sorry, I'm sorry, keen to get the turkey. You, you really want to get this? I don't know why, because you bag turkey week in, week out, yeah. and it's rather and an you refuse to give it a go. Yeah, Hate the but, bird. In, but in the meantime, what is your favourite Christmas memory? The favourite Christmas memory, and people who have had children will relate to this. It's the first Christmas you have with your first child, because you realise uh, 
even if they're, as Francesca was, about three weeks old on Christmas Day, you realise that the passing on of the rituals and the traditions continues. And you can actually, after years of being single and newly married and having no children anywhere, you realise that you're back into that tradition. It'll only be a year or two before you're doing the um, the shortbread and the whiskey by the fireplace and waiting for the reindeer to come with carrots out for them at the ready. And it's just very exciting, I think, that first Christmas. So that very first Christmas back in 1987, it was such a happy morning. Tiny, tiny interruption. I just want to tell a really sad story. And I overheard my one of my daughters saying to Ned overseas the other day, oh, look, we won't tell mum. Remember how I was <laughs> boasting about both sending off his Christmas stocking and all the presents? And oh, no. The rats in his apartment. Not only did they nibble away at the bottom of the homemade Christmas stocking, which I obviously made 30-something, 30 years ago, 28 years ago, but the... I'm sorry, how many rats are in his apartment? Hague's dark peppermint frogs sent from Melbourne, my favourite chocolate, and his too. They got into the Hague's chocolate frog. I'm sorry, go back. How many rats are in his apartment? Well, they're, they're, Is there a rat plague in Amsterdam? Well, apparently. I mean, I don't remember them being there. Well, then Rose, my who lives there too, but is here at the moment, she says they're mice. But either way, who cares? Stocking nibbled and chocolate's eaten. And you'd got it there I weeks know. on. I mean, you were so happy. I was so smug. I, no, I wouldn't have said smug. Just well, happy I, I, that no, you'd actually got it in the pot. I, 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 don't, I don't want to cut this trauma short. Oh. That's terrible. But we have lots to <laughs> get through, particularly <laughs> right. the turkey right. brine recipe. Okay, round of applause outside. Who's ready for the turkey recipe? Look, everyone's clapping. No, it's slightly underwhelming. I'll just tune out now. I'll just listen to um, it. Works, no, Corey. Christmas Do yourself carols. a favour. The recipe will be on the show notes, so I won't go through it all. But this is a really simple brine recipe with sage and citrus, which makes for a super moist. I know it's a bad word, but it is turkey. You won't you won't regret doing this. You need to do it twelve to twenty four hours in advance. I mean, you can just do it overnight if you're suddenly time poor and forgotten to do it. So uh, the recipe, it's got sage leaves, bay leaves, salt, peppercorns, garlic, um, um, peel of orange and lemon and water. And you just, with one litre of water, you boil that up and then you add the other three litres of water. You get your bird, put it in the world's biggest, you know, that. I think, Carol, you and I once did in a bucket. Yeah, I'm, you know, because yeah, you're desperate. Or an I mean, is good too. Yeah, you know how big the old bird is. Put a lid on it, or as you would say, in a buzzard. Buzzard. <laughs> you, if you can get <laughs> the buzzard in the fridge, I normally can't. But let's face it, it's going to be so cold this Christmas. You just put it outside, <laughs> as long as the dog's not lurking. Anyway, keep it overnight. Then, as you would with any turkey, wash it down. You know, get rid of the lovely sage leaves and whatever. Pat it dry. Crack on, and I have to say, that will be your best ever turkey. There you go. Uh, Hitting I'm, the table December 2-5. Okay. I ask you for it every year, and I it know. doesn't fail me in no, any it, year. And look, if you don't have some of those ingredients, who cares? But it's definitely the salt, obviously the water, and whatever you've got. You could put any herb in you want, but I think sage goes well with the orange and um, lemon. And it just makes it, it's, you know how it can really dry out, the mm. bird. You know, my my so. friend Meg on the weekend said um, she got a call from her husband who was downstairs. They they live in uh, Shoreham or Flinders around there. Um, quick, quick. And Meg came downstairs to find outside in their garden a huge turkey just walking around. No. I said, really? I said, did you shoot it and pluck it ready for the big day? But it just appeared in their back garden and then kind of walked off, ambled off. 
I wouldn't well, be. I wouldn't if be, anybody's missing, be endorsing a shooting, a... shooting, shooting. Of course, a turkey. worse than the spider. Anyway, now last question is, Corrie, what is this week's amazing fact? Okay, so have you ever wondered why it's reindeer that pull Father Christmas's slave as opposed to huskies or racehorses or anything like that? I can see that this is both foremost in your mind. You're never actually know. pondered on that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> But we're so, about to hear why, so, Corrie. Um, it why? Goes, it, it's a Northern European mythology. In European Northern European mythology, the uh, the caribou, as they are known, are treated with huge respect. Um, many, many years ago, Anna and Caro, uh, there were reindeer or caribou spreading as far away as Mongolia and also across the Arctic Ocean to Canada. But when Father Christmas started appearing, St Nicholas started appearing as somebody from the northern regions in Scandinavia, um, it, it suddenly became obvious that, that he needed someone to pull his sleigh or something to pull his sleigh. Originally, in the early 19th century, there were images of St Nick with a wagon, nothing pulling it. But it wasn't until Professor Clement Clark Moore, with his famous Twas the Night Before Christmas, when suddenly there we were introduced to Santa's eight reindeer. Can you name them? My brother's favourite trivia question, here he can. <coughs> Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet and Cupid, Dunner and Blixen. And then, of course, there was Rudolph. Uh, many of the names sound female, uh, sound male, but they're actually probably female as male reindeer shed their antlers in winter. Did you know that? Leaving food for Santa originated with Norse children who left food out for Odin's eight-legged horse Signa. Now, Odin was, again, um, somebody who, another character from mythology who used to carry around... Um, carry around presents for children, and Dutch children, Caro, they leave food in their wooden shoes for St Nicholas's horse. That was what they used to do, but now, of course, they've been Americanized as well, so they're completely into the eight reindeer as well. So there you go. So don't forget, children, carrots and water are their favourite. They don't drink the whiskey. Father Christmas does. Well, the pet can of beer we used to leave. For the reindeer? No, for Father Christmas. Oh, well. Glass and of yes. milk in our household. Yeah, and, <laughs> and dried fruit for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because it was left over sorted. from the Christmas cake. Um, so we are, we are, now Miss Jane has just handed me something. So just to paint the picture for the potties who are listening today to what we call a live OB, our audience is on the other side of the screen and there are about 40 of them, I think. Maybe that's a slight exaggeration. Anyway, there's about 150 of them in love and spirit. But they have been treated to a goodie bag today. And inside the goodie bag are some special things. And I would like to, on Carol, on my behalf, thank Elo Botanicals. Hi, Claire. Love your product. Um, drinks, plinks. And also Cape Merchants, who have provided a little discount voucher there. Thank you, guys, for all the gorgeous gifts that you have put in the little goodie bags. And thank you to our live audience, our friends. We love you so much for coming along, and you've really made our day today. Anna, we are thrilled and delighted once again. And, of course, to have your sister, the craft expert, <laughs> <laughs> lies out there in the in the audience. But thank you, Anna. Every year at Christmas time, you make us feel so full of joy. And um, we missed Julia Caro this year, but we hope that she is mending well after her fall the other day. And, of course, we do have a special big thank you and lots of love to our producer, Jane Neald. Miss Jane, we would be nowhere without you. Janie, can you just say Merry Christmas oh, out there so everybody knows you're you, driving everyone. the ship? <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, and Caro, I would just would like to thank you because you're my dear friend and every chat that we've had uh, on and off the podcast, I enjoy so much and I love you and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas with Sunny and Rose and Oscar out here. Thanks, Corrie. And you're having a full family Christmas as well. And I hope you... Full family. Full family. <laughs> and I think it's going to be fantastic for you. And thank you. I've enjoyed every minute of it this year. And we'll be back late January, I imagine, to do it all again. Yay, for our 250th episode. Everybody, what do we say? Don't, Don't shoot, shoot the messenger. messenger.